Welcome to Meet the Cast, Doctor Who at the Apple Store Kurfürstendamm. Please welcome our guest moderator, Stephen Gettchen. Moin. Schönen guten Tag. Thank you very much for your warm welcome. It's great to see you all. What an amazing day outside, 35 degrees Celsius in Berlin. Wonderful weather. Amazing event that we have planned for you today. And we have amazing guests in Berlin at the Apple Store Kurfürstendamm. And we are very grateful to have them here. I mean, you all sort of know them from your little television screen. Um, they are the stars of a cult series that has been running on TV for over 50 years. It holds the Guinness Book World Record of the longest running sci-fi TV series of all time. It has won many, many awards and it has millions of fans worldwide. A couple of you are here today. Um, before we get started and I introduce you to our guests, I would like to show you a little bit of what they actually do on the TV screen. Take a look. It's impossible, I hate it, it's evil, it's astonishing. I want to kiss it to death. Looking good, and they even look better up on stage in real life. But there's one thing that I would like to ask you. Um, we want you to participate in this event. So if you have any questions, please do raise your hand, and um, I will call upon you and then fire away. We have people on each side with microphones, and then you can ask your questions to our guests. And now, please welcome with a big round of applause. Please welcome Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi. First of all, welcome Jenna and Peter to Berlin. It's very nice to have you here. I mean, look at They, all of them, they've uh, basically been waiting outside for hours to be able to come inside and see the two of you. Um, how are you? We're good. We're a little um, jet-lagged. <laughs> we're living a very glamorous life at the moment because we've been uh, in San Diego for Comic-Con there, and then we went to L.A., and then I went to London briefly and then came back. He came here yesterday, but we're actually in the middle of filming episode 11. For season nine. For season nine, yeah. So they sent us uh, 
they were very cruel. They sent me to America, which is full of <laughs> pancakes and pastries. <laughs> and, um, I had to not eat any of them, otherwise uh, return to episode 11, The Fat Doctor. We do have a solution, though. Okay. We, well, have, we'll a, we have scenes that could be rewritten if Peter put on too much weight. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to have any pancakes now, Peter? I mean, we can... No, Definitely no. find some. Steven said we could have a scene where the doctor was locked in a dungeon, and the only way out was the dungeon was full of pies. <laughs> and I just have to eat my way through the pies. I already said it, Jenna and Peter. I mean, this series has been running for such a long time, and it has millions of fans all over the world, and you've been on a world tour promoting last season and uh, basically interacting with your fans. What kind of feeling is it to suddenly you know see what it does to people and how excited they get when they see you it's extraordinary I, I um, I've, I've never seen a, 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 a TV show a TV series um, generate such a response and it's what's amazing is 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 that you you go to places so far away from from home and fr from your home country and then you see the show really reaches across language across culture across um, territories all, all over the world and generates the same response of just so much enthusiasm. It's, um, it's really humbling and extraordinary. Why do you think is that so? Why do you think do people respond to this series all over the world? We've been talking about this a lot. I have think we? We have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> See, he does this, and then he gets angry because I steal his lines. Um, uh, it's, uh, I, think, I think it's because the show's imagination um, and its escapism. Yeah. And at its heart, actually, it's, uh, it, it's about what it is to be human, but how valid it is to be one human being set against the cosmos of space and the whole universe and the infinite possibilities of all in time and space. It's all about adventure. And I think that's what taps into the human spirit. I mean, you've been a fan for a very long time of the series before you actually became the Doctor. Yeah. Um, what, what did you like about it? What, what did you love about um, it? Well, I, it started when I was five. Uh, you work <laughs> out how old I am. So 15 years ago then? <laughs> 15 years ago, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's your joke, though. It's your life. Um, I, I think I was, I, I was very taken. It sounds odd now, uh, after five decades, but I was very taken with the mystery of it. I mean, when, when the show first began, we had no idea who the Doctor was. He was this mysterious, cranky uh, old man who had this magnificent yet malfunctioning spaceship. Uh, a time and space machine that could go anywhere. And it didn't work properly, and he didn't work properly. And the whole thing was sort of a, a, a glorious accident. Um, and then, of course, he regenerated into this wonderful clown uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the personage of Patrick Troughton. Um, and I think the idea just that you could have this mysterious creature who could be grumpy and a clown and then later a hero and then elegant and then uh, quirky. Um, I think that was just very uh, uh, compelling. 
And what? it was scary. I always, and I always felt there was a sort of element of, I mean, people called it sci-fi, but to me there was a sort of, there was almost a kind of fairy tale element about it. There was a ma magical kind of Grimm's fairy tale sort of element to it that I enjoyed. Do you remember the first time, Jenna, when you basically came in touch with Doctor Who and what did you think? Was it for the casting or had, had you heard about it beforehand? Yeah, it's so, um, it, it's so embedded in, in our culture, but I, it was never on when I was a child. Uh, we call ourselves the denied children. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so I was 18 when it came back. Uh, so I was always aware of it. I was aware of the doctors, the companions, who was coming in and out. But it wasn't until I got the audition that I went and watched The Eleventh Hour with Matt Smith. Um, and Karen Gillan. Uh, so that was my first episode that I watched. And what did you think when you saw it? I mean, did, did, could you understand why it became such a cult or why everyone was so in love with it and why it's been a part of your culture for such a long time? I, it's just, I just remember thinking, I remember thinking, A, visually, um, it, looked, it looked like a film. Um, and, and the tone was just magical. There was, there was, it, it, again, it's the, it was like stepping into a fairy tale, but yet it was incredibly domestic as well. Um, uh, and I, I remember just looking at Matt's performance and um, just being incredibly charmed, I think, by it. Stepping from the fanboy perspective onto the set for the first time, I mean, yeah. when they called you and said, Peter, we want you to be the next Doctor Who, um, what did you think? Did you think it was a prank call, or did you think it was um, meant to be? I did laugh. I <laughs> laughed for about 20 minutes uh, before I could say anything, because it seemed such a, a, a beautifully absurd idea. <clears throat> and um, I had a strange kind of... I, I, I just sort of felt that it was all going to happen. I mean, they don't phone you and say, uh, you're Doctor Who now. <laughs> would be nice. They though. phone you and say, how would you feel about being the new Doctor Who? <laughs> Which is almost as good. <laughs> and after I stopped laughing, I had to say, because it was my agent calling, I said, well, I said well, what does that mean? How would you feel about being the new Doctor Who? I said, well, they'd like to talk to you about it. <laughs> oh, okay, so I've got to jump through all these hoops now. Um, but, but I didn't care. I, 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 I'd so enjoyed getting that phone call, and I'd so enjoyed entertaining the idea that somebody might think, I could be Doctor Who, but I thought, even if I don't get this part, I will have enjoyed that phone call. <laughs> I mean, you were in one of the episodes in 2008, yeah. Yeah. prior to that yes. phone call. Yeah, I had been in a, 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 an episode with David Tennant called The Fires of Pompeii, which I remember um, the script came by email and they, they, they offered me it. Uh, and I, I, my wife was with me at the time and I, and I said, they've just offered me part in Doctor Who, I'm going to accept it. <laughs> and she said, but you're a professional actor of some standing, you've got to read it, first of all, <laughs> and see that as a part that, 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 that you should play. I went, oh, well, I better read it, I thought. Um, and I did, and I went, and David was wonderful and lovely, and, and Karen was in that episode also. But I sort of thought that was my, uh, the only contact I would have with the show, and I was very thrilled with that. I was delighted. I would have done anything any part they asked me to do. <laughs> I would have. I almost wish I hadn't done that. I wish I'd, I'd hung out because I wanted to be a monster, a monster or an evil person <laughs> or something, but they cast me as a nice person. Um, 
So that was a wonderful experience to go and do it and to see the TARDIS. And I was like a little, I said to David, because we were on the set uh, and, and, and the tar my character had bought the TARDIS in the market, but I couldn't see it on the set. I said, where's the TARDIS, where's the TARDIS? <laughs> and he said, come here, I'll show you it. And, and he pulled this curtain back and there was the police box and uh, got quite teary. <laughs> oh, there it is, and I touched it. So you get all excited about it. Really excited, yeah. What I love about the series is the humor, the energy, and the creativity of the storyline, especially all the creatures and monsters and villains and, you know, how it's all done. Especially for the fans, I think it would be quite interesting, Jenna, if you could tell us, what is it like on set? I mean, what's the vibe like? What happens once you sort of get the script? Do you guys get the chance to improvise, add storylines? You know, I mean, how does it work? Um, uh, generally, we, uh, well, we come to read-through. We have a read-through for, for every episode that we do. And then all the, the writers can listen and make changes before we start filming. Um, but generally, we don't really need to make any changes or, or we'll just play amongst ourselves and try. If something's not quite working, then we'll find a way through working with each other to, to try different things or to uh, make something once it's up on its feet work better. Um, but we don't really make changes as such. No, we don't. The scripts are really good, good so it isn't necessary to, to alter them. And also, I think sometimes it's a little bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a lazy reaction to say, oh, this line doesn't work, let's change it. Uh, and, and I think it's better to try and look at the scene from another direction. I, I, think, I think you can sort of duck and dive between lines and, and bring a lot... You, you can play a scene lots of lots of different ways, and, and I'm, I'm very lucky that uh, Jenna was in the show when I joined it because, uh, uh, apart from the fact that she's glorious and a star and a wonderful person, <laughs> and she's she's such a, a, a fabulous actress that she um, is able to. I, I think we we're quite simpatico in the way that we work. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can find ways to make the scene our own. I think. Uh. As for the atmosphere, we've been filming for nearly nine months, eight yeah. months. Um, so we have the same crew for that amount of time, um, who I think are probably sick of mine and Peter's jokes now. Uh, but we still find them very hilarious. We find each other very funny, <laughs> which everybody else is very bored with. But um, we find each other hugely amusing. Peter just brought it up. Um, Jenna, when, when you basically knew that uh, Matt's doctor would pass and there would be new doctor uh, and Peter came on board uh, what did you think and what was sort of like the first meeting like we actually went for some omelets um, for our first meeting pancakes omelets that's a very interesting conversation yeah. having today. Yeah. <laughs> food is a great comfort yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did we went out for lunch first um, uh, but it was it was the regeneration day was a really really strange day um, uh, because the lead actor changed mid-scene, literally mid-scene. So we filmed half the scene, and um, and then Matt did this thing, um, <laughs> and regenerated, and literally crossed paths with Peter, shook hands, had a picture, get off, <laughs> <laughs> swapped watches, and we carried on with the scene. Um, so it was. It, it's just an incredible. A uh, mix of, of sadness and end of, end of one era, yet really a lot of excitement to, to welcome Peter and 
It was a very wonderful day. It was really, I mean, there was masked. something in the air, wasn't yeah. there? It was really charged, the whole atmosphere. Yeah. All the crew were there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Matt's extraordinary, and I love what Matt did with Doctor Who, and he's such a, a gentleman and such a great guy. And, uh, and they deliberately kept us, they kept me away. Uh, I was hidden, going in between trailers. Hidden away in a trailer, and uh, uh, they wouldn't let me on the set to, you know, to, to observe what was going on, which was a good idea, because I, I, I knew Matt would be fabulous, so I didn't want to be sitting there going, oh, Lord, how, I'll never follow that. Uh, they constructed it in such a way that uh, uh, I never saw him until the moment that he, I walked on the set and he gave me a huge hug and uh, took his watch off and gave it to me and said, the TARDIS is yours now, because we only had the one watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, 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 and then he vanished. Literally, he was just gone. Uh, and I was left to, uh, with, with Jenna here and, and, the, and, the, and the camera crew and just, just got on with it. Did you talk to any of the uh, doctor actors prior to your first day? I mean, to get... Uh, yeah, I spoke to Matt. I took Matt to, uh, uh, to lunch and he arrived. <laughs> Yeah, lunch again, yes. Um, what did you have? Is there anything that we need to know I about? I can't remember what, what we had. I think we had <laughs> soup with dumplings, I think. Um, but he arrived with crutches. He came hobbling in with crutches. And I said, what happened to you? And he said, this show, mate, this show. And I thought, I thought God, you I love your impression of Matt is such a cockney as well. I know, it doesn't sound anything like him. This show, mate. I know, I just try and get away with it. Um, <laughs> as I have my whole career. Uh, he, he um, yeah, I thought, God, you know, you're like 100 years younger than me and, and you've got, you, you, you're on crutches from the physical challenge of Doctor Who. So I thought, well, I, I better eat my soup and dumplings <laughs> and build myself up. But he was great and, and he is, you know, he, he's a great help and David's been a great help. David, uh, we, we went out for, a I mean, I know David already. Uh, <laughs> Because I'd worked with him, obviously, and I knew him from Scotland, which is quite a small place. Uh, uh, so uh, David has been a great help also. We've, we've talked a lot. And it's great to know that I have these two uh, guys who have been through this experience. And it is a very remarkable experience. And there are only very few of us who have been in the centre of it and who know what that feels like. So I'm very lucky that the pair of them are, are, are my friends. We are very happy with the two of you. Thank you so much for being here. Any questions? Ladies and gentlemen, ich kann es nicht so richtig sehen, aber okay, there's a question from, I think, row number five or six. Yeah, the lady, is that a lady? Yeah, I think so. Okay, red hair. Ich konnte dich nicht sehen, Entschuldigung, deswegen habe ich It's fine. Um, do you prefer storylines that go into the future or rather in the past to history? Good question. I, I you go. I know what she's going to say. One. You're going to say the past. Yeah, I'm going to say the past. Um, I love the historical ones. Um, this series, we actually go see some Vikings, which is pretty cool, um, in the Viking era. Um, I love the Victorian times, the Robin Hood episodes, although I do like Asylum of the Daleks, which is set in the future as well. Oh, right, OK. Um, I, like, I like all of it, really. I like historical <laughs> ones and space ones. And Ones with robots, and ones with monsters, and uh, ones in the cosmos. I like ones where you go to a place that is sort of not quite uh, named and can be grasped, like the end of time. I like when you go to places like that, which is not necessarily the future or the past, 
is it? I don't know, it's been a long day, sorry. <laughs> question from the gentleman right here, yeah? Um, this is a question for Peter. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, I, just <laughs> I just wanted to know when you did the film Torchwood, um, if it was any different from Doctor Who, because Torchwood is more for grown-ups and adults and so on. So I just wanted to know if the filming was any different. If it was any different? I don't think it's more uh, grown-up than Doctor Who. <laughs> Not with me in it, I don't think. Um, I, I was just delighted to be in that because it was, as I said, I'd been in Doctor Who and I thought that was the end of my uh, communication with the Doctor Who world. So to then be asked to be in Torchwood, uh, uh, which Russell, and I love Russell, uh, was just a delight. It was just a great part and great fun to work on. It was quite serious, I suppose, but I don't, <laughs> um, I don't take Doctor Who any less seriously. More seriously, in fact. I mean, I think Doctor Who is a very uh, challenging program to act because it demands that you are able to move from uh, the comic to the tragic, from the domestic to the epic, uh, to the light, to the dark, sometimes in one scene. Sometimes at the start of one sentence, you're making a joke, and at the end of another one, you're making a profound, asking a profound question about immortality. Uh, and and, and, and recognising the tone that's required for the programme and the energy, uh, these are all um, hard questions for actors. I mean, the, the, I would say that the, the, the surprise that I had when I went to Doctor Who was that it was actually much tougher to act than I had expected. But I think that's good. I think that it's good to, to be challenged. Does that Je help? Jenna, what, how would you describe the chemistry between your character and Peters? Uh, strange. <laughs> <laughs> and charming. What about you, Peter? Um, <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I think it's compelling. I think it's, I think it's strange. <laughs> I think the doctor would crash into things all the time if, if Clara wasn't there. I think he didn't, I think uh, in this new incarnation, uh, he's actually less uh, secure in himself than he appears. Uh, uh, and I think Clara guides him. I think Clara helps him uh, uh, in uh, be more, well, especially in the new season, she tries to make him more sociable <laughs> and, and tries to give him better people skills. But I think she certainly guides his, um, his, uh, his heart. I think she, 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 I think he's quite confused about um, wh who, still who he is <laughs> <laughs> and what he should be doing. Uh, and I think, Clara, I think he has a very strong instinctive drive uh, uh, and I think Clara helps him uh, modulate that. That's the most boring answer, isn't it? <laughs> I liked no, it, I was with I you. It's good. No, I think it's great. I think what's so lovely is, is so much of what their relationship is about is actually what's unsaid between them. They're not the, they're not the kind of wear hearts on their sleeves, will really yeah. tell each other how they feel. So instead, they'll hug each other and do it when the other isn't looking. You know, it's that kind of, 
it's but the history between them and the bond between them and what they've been through together I think is so um, strong it's actually more about the unsaid as a little teaser for season nine is there anything that sh we should ready ourselves for regarding the chemistry between Clara and the doctor they're just on an adventure um, it's really adrenaline fueled um, they're trying to seek out all of time and space and run at it as fast as they can. They're really united this year. Yeah, I think they're, they're very bonded and I think they're like a little gang of two um, who realise they have this fantastic toy box, the whole of time and space, uh, which they can play in. And I think the Doctor um, knows uh, even at two and a half thousand years that life is short uh, and that he should try and enjoy it. And I think Clara's has taught him that as well. But I think there's also a difficult thing uh, when you play the doctor, because I think the doctor, there's a whole hidden doctor, and he knows things that he doesn't say. And he, I think, knows the fate of everyone who travels with him. And he has to carry that and find some way to live with that and some way to, uh, to, to have a relationship uh, with that said person. And I think he knows in this season, I mean, they're having a great time. But there is a, a, a never-deepening shadow that uh, he knows is coming, uh, that he will have to deal with. Um, so it's, not, it's never quite straightforward in Doctor Who, which is great. That's exciting. I think that's why people love it so much, the, the series, because you can't predict what's happening next. I think that's a great thing. Yeah, and also the characters grow. I mean, the Doctor grows and Clara grows and their relationship changes and, and, and grows. So it's different from last year, but it's not going to be the same all the way through this season. It will, it will organically change as well. I think when you save each other from, from near death and also save the world together, you kind of bond in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In quite a quick way. <laughs> Question from the lady over there, yeah, on the right hand side. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say uh, welcome to Germany and thank you very much for being here. It's a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, I'd be really interested to know, uh, except from the TARDIS set and the studio, uh, you're doing location filming and what would what was the most exciting location or the most interesting that you've been to, both of you? Ooh, um, <laughs> filmed in the Tower of London. Oh. That was pretty cool. We're always filming in castles or power stations. <laughs> aren't we? So I thought you were going to say the power stations. I really so. wanted to. Jenna uh, amuses herself greatly at the, uh, the fact that we were in a power station which had, you know, you go to these power stations and uh, it's in the middle of the night. We were doing but, a night shoot. Yeah, because that's the only time you can get into them. And, you know, they've got, like, uranium and, and dangerous things in them and, and pieces of coal <laughs> blowing up and gigantic furnaces and stuff. And we were there in the middle of the night doing all this and I, I wanted a, a, some food. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, we had, we had ten minutes to get um, some shots in. It, we, we like wrapped in 10 minutes and we had, we had uh, like two more shots to get in. We couldn't find Peter, Peter had gone missing. Um, <laughs> turns out he'd gone for a little walk. <laughs> in search of cakes and pastries. And he came back soaking wet, like literally dripping. His entire costume and hair is absolutely soaking wet. 
So I turned around and, and everybody's got hair dryers on him and trying to, <laughs> trying to dry him off. And it turns out he found a button. <laughs> well, well, where the cakes were located, I found, was next to a door. And I could hear the, uh, the walkie-talkies going, so I knew that if they'd called me, I'd be able to hear. And I'd be able to dash through that door. So I was busying myself with the cakes, and I hear, we need Peter, we need Peter. So I saw this door, and I saw it had one of those bars, you know, like they have, you know, this door is alarmed kind of thing, although it didn't say this door, it didn't say anything. So, but I quickly pushed the door like this, and suddenly discovered it was an emergency shower. <laughs> and I was drenched, because it was in case you got uranium or something, you know, some harmful thing on you in the power station. Uh, you, you had to do that. So now you can't leave Peter on his own. He gets He's lost. He's the whole He gets time, lost. And it gets doubly worse if Stephen Moffat is with him. You know, the great thing about Germany is we have showers, we have power plants, and we have castles. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that you will ever film an episode? Oh, we'd love yeah. to. There's so, yeah, yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, the thing is with Doctor Who, we, we should really should be going all over the world, but really we, we're largely in Cardiff. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and the, it, it is to tribute to the, to the, to the to, the, to Michael Pickwood, the designer, who actually builds, I and mean, that's the great thing about Doctor Who, is every two and a half weeks, you go into this huge studio and you see a brand new set for a brand new alien planet or a, you know, in the, 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 they built a Viking village, they built a Viking uh, barn, uh, and then you go into the next set and there's a gigantic alien space city. It's really like, um, Hollywood, I would imagine. You know, you, you, you wander from set to set. And there are these dazzling uh, constructions. Uh, but yes, we, it would love, it'd be great to come here. We would love to have you here. Yeah. It would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's a question from the lady right here with the, the two redheads, the one with the <laughs> longer red hair. And we're not related. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Um, my question actually is a two-parted question. So um, the first thing is, would you like to meet your uh, Roman alter ego? from the former episodes, and, uh, and uh, who of the former companions would you like to meet? Like Sarah Jane appeared um, in older episodes? Uh-huh. Um, well, uh, with regard to my Roman uh, alter ego, there will be a... Um, He may appear again. He may not. He may not. <laughs> but certainly he will be uh, <laughs> And so I get, give me a fright, you know? You know how it is. Um, he will certainly be invoked. Uh, and companions. Um, well, uh, the former companions all seem to come and visit us. So, <laughs> so usually every week somebody shows up. Uh, but they're all, they're all lovely. Uh, uh, Louise Jameson, I've, uh, I've met, who's absolutely lovely. Janet Fielding. Uh, 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 Fraser Hines was, was there just a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was great to, uh, uh, to meet him, because I remember as a child, Jamie being... Jamie was Scottish, so that was one of the few... I was a little <laughs> Scottish boy, so he was one of the few kind of Scottish um, uh, things in Doctor Who. Yeah, I've met... You mean which one would I like to? In, in the series. Oh, in the series. Uh, well, Sarah Jane, uh, unfortunately, Elizabeth Slayton is, is no longer with us, so uh, 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 
but, but she was great. I always think that it would be nice for him to meet his granddaughter again because William Hartnell did that wonderful speech uh, about her. Question over here from, yeah, here vorne, the younger dame. Um, I was just wondering if there was going to be any more horror elements in the new uh, season and if you enjoy filming those. Yeah, the, uh, there yes, is. yes, yes, there is, yes. <laughs> it's very, um, uh, yeah, in fact, we're doing a... Creepy. Yes. Very creepy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> do I always find it is, horror is, it's hard to really scare, to scare effectively, to scare with a tactic, you know, that you don't expect or you haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, but as well, I think music, Murray Gold's music is so good at... Um, We've got an, uh, an uh, episode coming up where um, creates a, quite a creepy atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, the one where... Uh, it's terrible. I just don't want to give stuff I away. I know, it's so know, hard. And it's not... <laughs> it's really it's hard not, to talk you know, about it. They're not trade secrets or, or, or national security secrets. It just spoils the fun, you know. Uh, but we do have one which is a very... Uh, which is built, which uses a lot of the tropes of uh, traditional horror movies. Uh, and it's being directed in a very beautiful way, in a very precise way. Uh, and, and, and we're building up sequences and, and shocks and horror. And uh, uh, I enjoy that very much because it's sort of a very pure kind of filmmaking form. You know, making uh, uh, horror movies is, is, is in a way quite mechanical. But you have to be a master of that, of those mechanics and that craft to really pull it off. It's not easy. Uh, and we're sort of doing, uh, we've done one like that, which has been great. I hope, it, I hope it turns out great. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. So this is going to be the last question from the gentleman right there. Thank you. Um, so at first, I wanted to thank you both for a wonderful season of Doctor Who, very funny and very serious. Ah, thank you. And then I wanted to ask you, Who's your all-time favorite enemy in the complete Doctor Who series? Ooh. I have to say, I think Michelle Gomez <laughs> has done a brilliant job. No, she's fabulous, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's my arch enemy. Um, but I have to uh, 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 say that uh, I love the Daleks. And I just think for hysteria and, 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 and madness and uh, evil, they can't be beaten. And also, I remember them as a child. I mean, when I grew up, there was, uh, there was Dalek mania, you know, and Beetle mania at the same time. <laughs> so it was a wonderful childhood. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I love them. Before we let you go, there's one last thing that I would like to ask you. Um, you know, the response is amazing. Uh, you know, you can see all of the happy faces now after they finally met you and saw you. Uh, how important is, you know, your relation with the fans and especially feedback that they give you? I mean, they're all so much into detail and they've seen every episode probably a hundred times. What does it give you as an actor and as someone who's basically part of something like this, Jenna? Um, it's very humbling. Um, 
it's it's a wonderful thing to do things like this and get to meet fans and people who love the show so much and then turn up and go to work on Monday morning and um, remember how far-reaching the show is and how many people get joy from it. I think it's a really pure thing and a lovely thing. Um, but also it's really informative. It's really informative for us to meet people and, and, and you can kind of find out what elements of the show they like or what's working or what's kind of really hitting home or what someone's picked up upon, which is when you're filming day in, day out, it's kind of, uh, it, it can be hard to gauge what's kind of really sticking in a way. So it's, um, it's a really informative thing to have that relationship as well. Yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think so too. And I think one of the, uh, it's, when you're making the programme, you're very much in that bubble of actually spending nine months every day filming. Um, uh, and it's uh, quite, you're quite separate from, from the world and, and, <laughs> and uh, what's going on in the world. And it's great for us to be reminded that what we're making is a show that goes out and reaches people. Uh, and and the, the response that we've experienced has been so positive and so kind, uh, and I'll just be quick, I know there are two things I want to say. <laughs> um, one is that the creativity that we see, uh, that the show seems to trigger, is wonderful. Uh, the drawings, the music, the films, everything, that pe the writing, the, the stuff that people do is, is, is absolutely um, inspiring, uh, and it helps us understand more about uh, what we should be doing with this show and what works and what doesn't work and what people like. Uh, and secondly and finally, it's, um, it's a good thing in the world. And the fans are, are, the, are the face of that, really. Uh, and it's, it's great to be uh, at the centre of a good thing in the world. And thank you for that. Thank you, Jenna, and thank you, Peter, for coming out. Thank you so much for all your questions, and uh, we're very much looking forward to season nine to 250. Hopefully, there'll be lots more adventures of Dr. Gru and Clara. Thank you so thank much you. for coming to Berlin. Please do come back for filming or for to. fun, whatever you want to do. Thank you very much. <laughs>